All right, M12, how are we doing tonight? Yeah. You guys look so tacky right now. This is awesome. Hey, how many people dressed up for thrift shop night? Let me see you. Come on, there we go. There we go. We have a lot more fur than usual. Have you noticed this? The, like, like, look at that. We got fur, fur, fur. By the way, I'm going to take this off because it's crazy hot in here. And uh, so I'm going to do this real quick. Uh, by the way, if you see some pit stains, um, I apologize. They may be mine. They may be the person who wore this before. I don't know. This is from a thrift shop. That's the beautiful thing about thrift shop clothing is you don't know where the pit stains come from. So it's beautiful. Man, we're so pumped that you guys are here. Hey, if this is like your first time to M12, uh, I'm sorry, okay? We don't normally dress this tacky. Uh, I mean, these guys do. But other than them, other than them, normally we're not nearly this tacky. And we're so pumped, so pumped that you're here tonight. Uh, so we've been in this series called Yard Sale, which is a series all about what we treasure. Because um, whether you go to like a consignment shop, a thrift shop, yard sale, Goodwill, whatever, um, the main kind of idea, you've probably, you've probably heard this before, the main idea is this, one man's trash is another man's treasure, right? One man's trash is another man's treasure. In other words, there's something that I don't want, so I'm going to give it away, and someone else is probably going to want that thing that I'm giving away, right? And so maybe for you, you've got some trash you want to get rid of, and I'll look at it, and I'm like, actually, that I want. I think that's amazing. That's the thing that I treasure. So goodwill, thrift shops, all these things, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And so this series, yard sales really, are all about what we treasure, and this series is about what we treasure too. Because whether you realize it or not, all of us in this room, uh, whether you're like going to high school next year and you're pumped up about that or not, uh, the eighth graders are like, uh-uh, no, I'm not really excited. Uh, or whether you're going to seventh, eighth, whatever, there we go, seventh grade, eighth grade, uh, you're pumped up about that. No matter who you are, all of us, all of us in this room, we all treasure something, right? So some of you, some of you treasure Nutella so much that you're willing to dress like a fool for the chance to win Nutella, right? Uh, in fact, there it is. Look at that. That's 11 pounds. Like, I actually lifted weights with Nutella uh, because these things are so stinking awesome. Uh, and now we're passing it around. Okay, so anyways, so some of you love Nutella. You treasure Nutella so much that you actually dress like a fool to get it. In fact, the very first week, the first week, I talked about, like, the things that we treasure, right? And, and like I mentioned, phones and boyfriend, girlfriend, all this stuff. And someone came up to me at the end of the service, I kid you not, uh, at the end of the uh, first week of yard sale, and they were very upset, like very upset. They said, uh, Steve, Stephen, okay, <laughs> Stephen P. Walton, it's not my middle name, by the way, anyways, just felt right at the moment. They came up to me and they said, uh, you didn't say food, people treasure food, Stephen, and uh, you're right, I actually treasure food a lot. Uh, in fact, here's kind of my litmus test for if I'll eat food is uh, if it's edible, then I will eat it. Like, I love food and Nutella as well. And so anyway, some of you guys treasure Nutella, so that's why you dressed up. Uh, some of you treasure, like, games, like Clash of Clans. We have any clanners? And you're like, dude, this summer, yeah, this summer I'm going to build up my village. Is that right? Do you build up a village? I've never played it. He's like, I don't know, but I love this game. It's so good. Pit stains, sorry. Anyways, uh, it's like, I don't know, man, but I love, I love this thing. I treasure this game, right? So all of us, all of us in this room, we all treasure something. And last week we said this. We said, your heart and my heart is on a treasure hunt, right? Your heart and my, hunt, uh, my heart is on a treasure hunt. And what I mean is no matter who you are, we all treasure something. 
And so uh, you may treasure something differently from me, but you all treasure something. And when you take away the thing that you treasure, your heart is going to go looking for the next thing to treasure because our hearts can't help it. Our heart loves to treasure things. Our heart is on a treasure hunt. And what you may not know is that the treasure hunt is actually a two-way street. Um, And what I mean by that is this. We treasure things that treasure us, okay? So we treasure the things that actually treasure us. Here's what I mean. Uh, Ladies in the room, right? Uh, You got a guy that you're talking to, okay? And uh, you guys are texting back and forth a little bit. And uh, maybe, maybe he's kind of adding you on Twitter every now and then. You got the like heart emojis going on. And lots of that is happening. And then he actually wants to spend time with you. And so he actually spends some time with you. And when he spends some time with you, that's how you know that he treasures you. And even though you treasured him a little bit before, because he's actually spending time with you, you treasure him more. Because we treasure things that treasure us. So if the guy that you're interested in takes you to go see the fault in our stars, that's right, then you go crazy, right? Because no guy in their right mind would ever go see this movie unless he was treasuring you, right? But if he were treasuring you and you go see this crazy, absurd movie, The Fault in Our Stars, then you start treasuring him even more. By the way, guys, free dating advice, okay? If there's a girl you like, just take her to see this dumb movie. Take like a three-hour nap. And then you guys are, all the girls are offended right now. They're so, so upset. So upset right now. Right? Because we treasure things. We treasure things that treasure up. Uh, or or uh, think about this, right? Like some of you play football. Uh, maybe you play lacrosse, right? And, and, and you, you kind of treasure football. You kind of treasure lacrosse. But the better you are at it, the more people start to notice you. And then all of a sudden, people are coming up to you because you're so good at football, you're so good at lacrosse, so good at soccer. You're so good at these sports. People start noticing, and then people are actually passing you the ball, and you're actually like scoring, and you're doing all these amazing things. And because of that, you feel treasured. And so because you feel treasured by your sport, you start treasuring the sport even more. Because we treasure things that treasure us. It's true. We treasure things the treasure us. And so for the past two weeks, I've been telling all of you, and I've been trying to convince you that the best thing we can do is treasure God, right? That the number one thing we should do in our lives, we should treasure God as number one. God needs to be the number one thing. We need to value him. We need to worship him. We need to treasure him as number one. And some of you in the room, if you were to be honest, you would say, uh, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know about treasuring God. And maybe, again, you may not have ever thought this, or maybe you never said it out loud, but maybe your thought is, like, but why? Why? Like, why should I treasure God? Why should I give up all these other things and treasure God as number one? And I think there's a question beneath that question. Because, see, it's true that all of us, we treasure things that treasure us. And I think the real question is this. How do I know? How do I know That God treasures me. Like how do I really know that God treasures me? Because we treasure things that treasure us. And Steve, you're telling me to treasure God, but how do I know? How do I know that God actually treasures me? In fact, fact, some of you may may be thinking of a time when it seemed like God didn't treasure you. You're thinking that God maybe, like there was a time where God didn't care about you. God didn't show that he loved you. Maybe for some of you, that time is right now. 
Like maybe you're looking at your life, you're looking at your life circumstances, looking at your parents' marriage or lack thereof, you're looking at your friend group, you're looking at all this stuff that's happening, and you're like, Steve, I just don't know if God treasures me. And so I get it, I get it that like you're a pastor and you're supposed to tell me to treasure God, but how do I know? Like how do I know that God treasures me? And see, when I was, um, uh, shortly after my wife and I got married, we, by the way, we were crazy young when we got married. I was, uh, I was 22, I just finished college, and my wife, Catherine, had two more years. So she was 20 when we got married. Two more years of college at, uh, in my opinion, the best university on the planet, University of Georgia. Go dogs. That's it. And so, and so we, uh, we got married, and she still had two more years of school, and we were poor, okay? Like, crazy poor. And we were those people. I don't know if you've ever ran into these people. They're so annoying, okay? Like, like, like later, I'm kind of looking back. I'm like, we were so annoying. But like, we were those people. They're like, we're poor. You know, we don't have any money. Like, we don't have anything. But we got each other, right? <laughs> hey, we don't got money, but we got love. And love is all you need, right? Like, that's it. And some of you right now are like, that is, that is so romantic, like, I can't wait till that's me. Like, I can't wait till the day when we get married and we're poor and it'll be great. And it's not great, okay? Like, I, like it, it is not as great as it seems. Because here's the deal. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Like, you actually kind of need money to live, right? Like, rent is still due whether you're in love with each other or not. Um, like, you can't go up to your landlord and you're like, hey, um, what's up? So, rent is due. Totally get that. Thanks for the note. Um... You probably didn't know this, okay? Catherine, come here. This is my wife, and, uh, and we're in love. So anyways, we'll see you later. Have a good one, right? Like, that doesn't work. It doesn't work to just say we're in love, and then, the, like, you can't call up Visa and be like, hey, I know I swiped the card and I bought a lot of stuff, but you probably didn't know this, so I'm going to help you out. My wife and I are in love, so we don't owe you any money. So we'll see you later. Bye. No, that doesn't. That doesn't work at all. And so my wife and I, here we are, we're super young, super poor, we get married, and all of a sudden, the rent is due, and the credit card payments are due, and, and we're actually putting, like, really basic stuff, like groceries, on the credit card, because we didn't have enough money. I was working two jobs, and we still didn't have enough money to make ends meet. And it was rough, man. It, like, it was, it was really, really difficult. And then, like, two months into marriage, um, my car broke down. So that's nice, right? Like, hey, God, thanks a lot for that one. Um, like, we're barely able to make ends meet. And, like, literally, I was stopped at a red light, and then it turned green, and then I put my foot on the gas, and it just didn't move. Like, it just didn't go anywhere. And I was like, good, that, that's good. That's exactly, this is perfect. This, yes, thank you, God, for that one. That is what, right? And so, like, so we're struggling. And then about two weeks after that, my wife's car broke down. And it's like, seriously? And like now all the pressure of being married and all the pressure of providing is piling up and I'm looking at God. In fact, one night, my wife was, uh, she was sleeping and I woke up in the middle of the night and I, and I uh, walked into the living room of our tiny, like super small one bedroom apartment and I had just an honest conversation with God. I said, God, can you, can you just like chill out for a second? Like, like can you give us a break? Because, like, we're drowning, man. Like, I, I don't know how we're going to make it. And, and, and I keep praying that you would give us money. And I keep praying that things would be okay. And then the car breaks down. And then I pray some more. And then the other car breaks down. Like, what is the deal? Like, like God, hello. Do you even know I'm here? 
Like, what's going on? Like, if you were to ask me in that moment, does God treasure you? I think my answer would be no. No, because based on all my circumstances, it doesn't look like God cares about me at all. It doesn't even look like he knows I exist. And some of you tonight, like, you're looking at your circumstance, and you're like, dude, that's how I feel. I feel like God doesn't even care. I feel like he doesn't even know. So, so like, I get it, Steve, that you're supposed to treasure God, but how do I know? How do I know that God treasures me? And this is a question that the disciple that was closest to Jesus actually wrestled with. So I want to look at what he said. This is found in 1 John chapter 4. Um, it's in your Bibles. They should be under your chair, uh, maybe in your lap. 1 John chapter 4, and it's on page 1,230. 1 John chapter 4, page 1,230. You're going to flip pretty much all the way to the, to the end of your Bible. By the way, I don't know if you knew this, um, the Bible is divided up into two areas, and the New Testament is all about Jesus. And uh, the New Testament is actually a collection of letters written by people that actually spent one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. And then they wrote these letters to, like, their friends or to people they were mentoring or, like, to churches, saying, like, hey, we spent time with Jesus, and we want you to know who he is, right? And so this, this letter, 1 John, was actually written long after all the other ones were written, right? So, like, Peter and James and Paul and Matthew and Mark and Luke, they're all writing these letters to these churches and to their friends and to other people. And they're saying, hey guys, we should treasure God, right? Just like we've been talking about the past two weeks. Guys, we need to treasure God. God needs to be number one in your life. You need to make sure that you treasure God. But there was, there was like one problem with that. Um, people that treasured God were being killed. In fact, so, so, so people were being killed uh, in spite of the fact they treasured God. Like God was their number one thing, and yet they were still getting killed. They, they were being killed because they treasured God. Like because they thought God was number one, because they confessed that Jesus is Lord, they were actually being killed for their faith. And so by the time this was written, 1 John, by the time this guy named John sat down to write this letter, Paul had already been executed for his faith. The emperor of Rome actually beheaded him. Because he believes in Jesus. And then, and then Peter, who wrote some other parts of the New Testament, um, they actually crucified him upside down. And so these people that claim to believe in Jesus were actually dying for their faith. And so you can imagine that as John sits down many years later, and he's writing to his church, saying, hey guys, you need to treasure God. You can imagine that the people sitting there reading this letter were like, okay, okay but like, it looks like the reward for treasuring God is that you get killed. Like, how do I know? How do I know that God actually treasures me? Because based on these circumstances, it sure doesn't look like God treasures me. It sure doesn't look like he cares about us because people are being killed left and right because of their faith. So how do I know? Like, how do we know that God treasures us? And so then John writes this, 1 John 4, verse 9. He says, this is how God showed his love among us. In other words, this is how we know. This is how we know that God treasures us. That he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is huge. See, he doesn't say, this is, John does not say this. He doesn't say, hey, look around at your life circumstances, okay? If everything is going well, then you know that God loves you. Hey, uh, if everything in your life is working out the way that you want it to, then that's evidence that God actually cares about you. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, hey, because all your relationships are working out well, because your parents are still together, based on all those things, that's how you know that God actually loves you. No, he doesn't say that. 
He says, look, this is how you know that God treasures you. This is how you know that God cares. Jesus. <laughs> look at Jesus. Jesus is the way that you know that God treasures you. Because God sent his only son for you. So if you want to know how God treasures you, it's Jesus. And then he goes on. He says this, verse 10, this is love. Okay, here's how you know. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And, and, and we got to pause there for a second because this is, this is huge what he's saying. See, many people uh, in John's day and I think today, uh, this is what we think. We think, okay, well, Steve, I need to treasure God, right? I need to make God number one in my life. I need to make sure that God is the number one thing. I need to treasure God. I need to make sure I pray. I need to make sure I read my Bible. And I'm going to try really hard. And I'm going to treasure God. And God's going to be my number one. And if I do that for long enough, then maybe, 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 just maybe, God will treasure me back. Like if I just pray hard enough, if I treasure him for long enough, if I read enough scripture, then maybe God will treasure me because I'm treasuring him. And John steps in. He says, no. No, 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 no. That's not it at all. No, it's not you treasure God and then God in response treasures you. That's not it. God treasures you first. God treasures you first. It's not you did something to convince God to treasure you. No, no, no. God treasures you. God loves you first, and that's why you love him. And then he goes on. He said, and here's, like, here's the way that you know. Okay? Not that we loved God. It's not that we did that first. It's that God loved us, and this is what he did to prove it. He sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He sent Jesus to die for you, for you, for me. That's how we know. See, all these, all these Christians were, were, were dying for Jesus. And John steps in. He says, now, I just... I just want to make sure you don't forget, Jesus died for you first. You know that, right? Like, Jesus first died for you. And he didn't die as a martyr like all these, all these other people. He died, it says here, as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. As an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, I'm telling you this, this is huge, okay? Like, if you want to know for sure, how do I know that God loves me? This is it. It's that Jesus died as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I, this, is, this is huge. Now, now, some of you may see that and you're checked out because you're like, I don't know what any of those words mean. That's like a weird, like, I don't know what that means. Some of you that grew up in church, you kind of have an idea and you're like, I think I know what that means. And so I, like, I want to I break this down because this is it, okay? This is how you know that God treasures you. See, God created everything. Like everything, okay? Like all the trees you see outside. Um, if you, uh, those of you that like love going to Six Flags and you go on that roller coaster and then like you go down the hill and like your stomach kind of does that thing and you have that feeling, you know that feeling you get when you do that? You guys know what I'm talking about? Nod your head? Yeah. God made that. God invented that feeling. Do you know God invented laughter? Like he made it up. He thought of it. Like God, every star you see in the sky, every galaxy, every plant, everything made by God. And he made you. So the God that made everything, the God that formed the stars, formed you. And not just that, but he made you, it says, in his own image. This, this is unreal. Did you know, did you know that you and I are the only thing in all of creation made in God's image? Did you know that? We 
are the only thing made in God's image. It's incredible. In fact, one writer said that we are God's masterpiece. So when God created us, right from the get-go, he's treasuring us, making us his masterpiece. In fact, another author said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So God of the universe that created everything made us in his image and treasured us. He treasured us. And you know what we did in response? We said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm good. God, I don't really want to treasure you. I get it that you treasure me. That's fine. That's cool. But I don't really want to treasure you. I want to treasure other stuff. See, instead of treasuring the creator, we decide to treasure the created. All the stuff that God made. And that's why you treasure your phones. That's why you treasure your boyfriend, your girlfriend. That's why you treasure your crew, your group of friends. That's why you treasure like, like, like your clothes that you wear. That's why you treasure games on your phone. The reason you treasure all that stuff is because you're saying, God, I don't really want to treasure you as number one. I want to treasure these other things. And when you treasure stuff other than God, above God, when you treasure those things above God, that's called sin. That's sin. And sin always separates you from God. It always ruins relationships. It always causes regret. It leaves you feeling empty with shame. And so, and so instead of treasuring God as number one, we treasure our own authority, right? And we think we know what we need to do. And so we disrespect our parents, right? You disrespect your teachers. You lie, you cheat, you steal. Because God, I don't want to treasure you. I want to do my own thing. But when you do that, when you do that, it separates you from God. And it ruins relationships around you. It leaves you feeling empty and full of regret. And instead of treasuring God as number one, we decide to treasure our own comfort, right? Our own pleasure. And so we don't think porn is a big deal. We don't think porn is a big deal at all. And so you look at it because you don't want to treasure God. You want to treasure your own comfort and your own pleasure. And so you do that. And maybe you fool around with your girlfriend or your boyfriend because you don't care. But when you do that, have you noticed it, it, it leaves you feeling empty? It never satisfies. It, it separates you from God and it ruins relationships. Now, instead of treasuring God as number one, we treasure our own need to be satisfied. And every time we do this, we, we, we separate from God. We're separated from God because of our sin. It ruins relationships. That leaves us empty with regret. And if that wasn't bad enough, there's more bad news. The bad news is there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. There's no prayer that's holy enough. There is no, uh, uh, there's no like scripture memory verse that you can memorize enough. There is no like act of service that you can do to convince God to love you. There isn't. And so we're stuck. And then God stepped in. God stepped in. You know, the, like the God that made you and treasured you from the beginning the God that you ran away from, the God that you don't really care about, that same God stepped in. That's how we know he treasured us, is that even when we were running away, uh, running away, doing our own thing, God still treasured us. And he treasured us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us, to die as an atoning sacrifice, atoning sacrifice for our sins. And what that means is that Jesus gave his life for the life of another. That's what it means. That's what an atoning sacrifice means, is that Jesus gave his life for the life of another. It's like, it's like if you can imagine, um, you know, like someone's got a gun and they're aiming the gun at you, and then as they pull the trigger and as the bullet leaves the chamber, it's like Jesus jumps in front of the bullet and he takes the bullet for you. 
even though you deserved it. Jesus takes all the pain, he takes all of your shame, takes all of your guilt, all of your condemnation, all the stuff that normally separates you from God, Jesus takes that for you. That's how we know that God treasures you, is that Jesus stepped in front of the bullet for us. See, when Jesus hung there on the cross and he died and he suffered and he bled, he did that as an atoning sacrifice because we were supposed to do that. We were supposed to be the ones that hung there and died. And yet Jesus stepped in and he died for us. And so how do you know? How do you know that God loves you? How do you know that God treasures you? It's that Jesus died as an atoning sacrifice sacrifice for our sins. See, we treasure God because he first treasured us. We treasure God because he first treasured us. He created us in his image, and then he sent Jesus to die for us, to rescue us from our own sin, from all the stuff that we've done that separates us from God. Jesus did that for us. In fact, uh, the author, John, just a few verses later, he said this. He said, we love because he first loved us. The reason we love God is because he first loved us. See, the evidence of God's love is not all the stuff that's happening in your life. The evidence of God's love is Jesus dying for you. That's how much God loves you. That's how much God cares. And see, some of you tonight, you, you've like walked in to the room, and maybe you haven't been to church in a while, um, or maybe, maybe you've been here for a while, but your whole thought about God was that God just doesn't care about me. He must not care about me. Because Steve, if you knew what I was going through, you would be convinced that God didn't care about me, or that maybe God didn't even exist, or that he doesn't notice me. Because my parents are fighting all the time and they won't stop. And it sure doesn't look like God cares about me. Because my group of friends that I used to hang out with all the time, they're ignoring me. No matter how many times I call them, they don't care about me. And so you're looking at your life and in your opinion, God is a thousand miles away. He doesn't care about you. But that's not true. See, if God didn't care about you, then why? Why would he send his only son to die for you? That doesn't make any sense. If God didn't care about you, why would he send Jesus to suffer and bleed and die on a cross for you? When you've done nothing for him, why would he do that? Except for the fact that he actually cares. And I know it doesn't look like that because of your family situation, because of your friends, because of your depression. Some of you are in, are in anxiety or you're addicted, and it seems like your world is caving in, and in the midst of your world caving in, you're looking at God, and you're like, God, I don't even think you're there, and God is looking at you, saying, don't you get it? I sent Jesus for you. I sent Jesus for you. If you're not convinced, I'm, look at Jesus. He did that for you, because God loves you, and he loves me. Not because we first loved him. It's because God first loved us. And so the whole reason that we treasure God, the whole why behind why we treasure God, is because he first treasured us. 
And he sent Jesus as an atoning sacrifice for our sins to prove once and for all that he really does care. So let me pray for you. God, I know that there are students in this room that need to know that you care about them. And they're looking at their life and they're confused at why you would allow different things to happen in their lives. But God, I pray that you would show them, convince them, shine a light on Jesus more than anything else so that they would see that Jesus is number one and that Jesus suffered for them. And the evidence that we have that you actually care about us is Jesus dying. Thank you. Like we sang earlier, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for caring. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going uh, to stand up and we're going to sing one more song. And uh, while, while the band's getting ready, I, uh, I just want to say one more thing real quick. Some of you, uh, you came into this room tonight, and, uh, and there was a moment where, like, you accepted Christ as your Savior, and you knew um, that God loved you, and you recognized that Jesus died for you. And maybe, for whatever reason, you just forgot. You just forgot that God actually loves you. Maybe you forgot about the cross, and you forgot that Jesus actually died because he cares for you. And if that's you, man, I hope tonight was a reminder of God's love for you. But, but I think there's another group of people that may be in this room. There may be some of you in this room that tonight was the very first time that you ever realized that the God of the universe actually loves you. And maybe tonight was the first time you realized that Jesus didn't just die on the cross. He died on the cross for you and for me. So maybe tonight's the first time you realize that God actually does love you. And he actually does care. And I'm telling you, Jesus, Jesus steps in front of the bullet to take the penalty of our sin. But he only does that if we ask him to. And there's some of you in this room that you've never asked Jesus to be your savior. You've never asked Jesus to rescue you from your sin. And so if that's you, like, please don't leave tonight without doing that. In fact, um, I'm, I'm just going to stand in the back right over there, and we're not going to make a, uh, a big deal of it. But if that's you, and you know tonight is the night where, like, you got it for the first time. Tonight's the first night where you realize, oh, my gosh, God actually loves me. God cares about me. In the midst of all the crap that's going on in my life, God actually loves me. If that's you, and it's the first time that you realize that, I just want you to come talk to me right over there. I just want to celebrate with you what it means to accept Christ as your savior. And so again, if that's you, while the band is playing this song, would you just meet me right over there? And some of our life group leaders are going to join us right there in the back. And again, we just want to celebrate with you. Don't leave tonight without making this decision. If you've never accepted Christ as your savior and tonight you want to do that, come join me over there. Let's worship.